same China, different stories. We are the ones that found our way in a new life. Adopted babies, adopted babies from China. You're a professional, dude. You're I'm so awesome. Glad it sounds professional. Well, no, you just you know what you're doing. Anyways. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Hello. Welcome to ABC Adopted Babies from China podcast. I'm Tara. Same person, different day. And I'm very excited to speak today with Abby, who actually is a newest board member of AKA, which is also known as <laughs> also known as Org. I think. Oh shoot. Yeah. Okay. I think so. <laughs> but I talk about it. I do talk about AKA quite a bit and how it has been a huge organization for like connecting to other adoptees of all backgrounds, and then also finding Chinese adoptees and being like, "Hey, you should be on this podcast that I have." So Abby's here. I am. Thank you for having me. You wrote me into this at the picnic when uh-huh. yeah, when I, I know. first met you. Like, but I'm glad. I'm really excited. I think the best part is that picnic is so big. I had not been to it before, and I guess that'd be your. Was that your first oh. time being at picnic too? So yeah, good question. I had just joined in September, so I was at the September picnic, but not like the end of the year one. So it's oh, a kind wow. of similar vibe though, just different location. Okay. Different food too. Yeah. Different food, different vibe. Good okay. food. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I forgot that you September twenty twenty one. Yeah. Wow. Right. Okay. I became a member like a year before you did. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. We might have to rope you into the board next. You never uh, know. You know, <laughs> considered it as like, it seems like a lot of work doing this board thing. <laughs> we'll um, see. I'll let, I'll let you know in a year. How about that? <laughs> yeah, in a year. Come back to me if I'm still, you know, active or not. We'll see. But thank you for setting up your new computer to do this. Oh my gosh, the fiasco. I, I don't have no Zoom. <laughs> it's all right. I, I feel that. No worries. Oh, and then you are also, you are in New York City. I am. Did you grow up in New York City or did you grow up somewhere else in the U.S.? I did not grow up in New York City. So I grew up um, outside of Philadelphia in the suburbs, about like 40 minutes outside. But then I came here for college. So I went to NYU and then graduated in 21. And now I'm still here. I know. You're a recent graduate. Wait, yes. 2021? Uh-huh. You just graduated. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And so you graduated from NYU. And then did you get a job? And now you're working? Or are you looking? Or are you just, like, taking some time and doing your thing? So interesting question. A little bit of both right now. Yeah, I think, I don't know if I told you this when I saw you, but um, I can't remember. I did start working pretty early right after I graduated. I'm doing currently um, psychology research with children and adolescents. Um, So I work, it's pretty clinical, work with families a lot, but then it's also research admin stuff, which is sort of what I didn't love about the research side, which is why I am currently um, looking to go into something else. Have some offers that are up in the air. I'll get back to you when I make a decision. But my plan is to, you know, finish out where I am, take a little bit of time to myself, breathe a little, and then hop into the the next adventure. Um, Because I love psych. I love working with kids. But I need to try something else and take a little break, you know? Oh, okay. Does the psych research, is that at all related to like getting a license to be like a social Mm -hmm. worker is that something okay yeah so it's sort of like um if you do research it they really look for that when you're applying I want to get a PsyD which is a doctorate of psychology it's kind of the equivalent of a clinical psych PhD but it's more geared towards if you want to be a psychologist like clinically Mm. um and if you have research experience that kind of that's they want you to have that as well as like the clinical therapeutic stuff. Oh, Trying to be well-rounded here. Yeah, that's very helpful. Yeah. Um, so I brought you, I asked you to be on the podcast because you are indeed a Chinese adoptee. I so am. I got backtracked. <laughs> Tell me more about your adoption, please. What you'd like to share. Yes, of course. So I was adopted from Guangdong province outside of Guazhou. That's like the big city there. 
like eight and a half, nine months old. Um, so this was probably on the younger end. I'm not really sure of Chinese adoptees. I know you're a bit older than me. So yeah, I was adopted then and grew up in outside of Philadelphia in the suburbs, like I said. And yeah, what else do you want to know? What are your follow-up questions? Oh, so are you adopted <laughs> to a family with children there already? Or mm-hmm. are you the only adoptee? Is there others in your family? Yes. So what happened was my parents had been like trying to have to get pregnant for a while. And then so really, I'll get you into the spiritual part of it, I guess. Um, my dad had this weird dream where or no, he met a guy on a plane on a business trip. I don't know. And um, was sitting next to him. And the guy was like, for some reason, I just feel like I want to show you a picture of my daughter. And my dad's like, what? And guy was white and he pulls up this picture of this like little Asian girl a little Chinese girl and he like told him the story of it and he was like yeah this is my story um I don't know why I'm sharing this with you but like I just felt like I should share it and my dad was like huh that's really interesting because like we're trying to have kids right now blah blah blah. and then like a little bit later my dad had a I don't know how true this is but he says he had a dream where like um he and my mom went to China and got a baby And so then they started like researching it and really getting into it. And they were like, I think this is how we have a family. And then they had me and then they couldn't get pregnant. And then I came home and my mom got pregnant. And now I have my younger, younger brother. So it's me and him. He's biological. We're very close. I call him an accident. He calls himself a miracle baby. (laughs) It's a little bit of both. I love him though. He's great. Wow. So, yeah, that is some spiritual stuff where, I, I mean, our dreams do speak to us in some ways, so... There's a lot, I mean, psych-wise, there's a lot of analysis on dreams, so I'm like, all right, Dad, we'll go with it. Yeah, oh, okay, so you you do have a sibling. I do. Oh, my goodness. Okay, wow, and then you grew up in Philadelphia. Well, near Philadelphia, I guess, right outside yes. of Philadelphia? Okay. Yeah, so it was, um, I will say, so like growing up, interesting for the adoption experience, I'm sure, I don't want to speak for all adoptees, of course, but I think a lot of us I've heard have a similar experience. I grew up in a very like white town. So, you know, like growing up, a lot of identity issues, a lot of like not fitting in because my family's white too. So it was interesting experience growing up being adopted. I was like the only adopted person I knew, you know, yeah. um, so that was a little weird. I didn't really completely understand it. Lots of bullying, good stuff like that, you know. Good stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and then your younger brother, you guys are close in age? We are. So he's interesting. He's two years and one day younger than me. I'm, I mean, as you know, we don't always know our birthdays officially, but it said that I was born November 21st and he was born the 22nd. Oh. So we're, we're a day apart, which is kind of cool because we get to celebrate together kind of uh Gets to unite us a little bit in a way, I a guess. Bit. Wow. Okay. Because yeah. I wonder, you must have both went and experienced high school at the same time. I mean, mm-hmm. of course, you were older, but then you guys were in high school at the same time, too. Yes. Yes. Whoa. Okay. I share that experience with my older brother. He was. Oh, in, I didn't know that. He was in his last year of high school when I like just started my first year. Mm-hmm. That was a that was interesting because it's like nobody <laughs> knew that we were related but they're like oh you guys have the same last name like Mm -hmm. is your older brother this person I was like yeah and they're like oh so I was wondering if it's like oh so that's so interesting yeah because the thing is like it was a small enough town I mean there was like 400 kids per class which is it's, it's hefty but like not people know each other and so it was not I always wonder what my brother's experience was like. He doesn't talk about this a lot where it was like your sister's Asian. But um, for a lot of the most part, people knew we were related. So no one really questioned it because they were like, oh, yeah, that's Abby's brother. That's oh, Danny's okay. sister. You know, like they're the rest next. Like we know who they are. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. It wasn't like. So it wasn't. I mean, it was. It might. It was probably a little weird. Kindergarten and first grade were tough for me, I think, because like that's when a lot of things came up. So I'm sure at some point, like someone was like, why is your brother white? Why is your mom's white? Mom white? So, yeah, in high school, I'm, I'm not, like, 
wasn't popular, but like people knew the, our family just from playing sports and like doing things right. and all that kind of stuff. You know? It's a small, wholesome town that usually happens. Oh, super wholesome. <laughs> all, all the kids. In, in some ways. Yeah. yeah, in some ways. Some ways, some ways not. And yeah, it's unfortunate we hear about bullying and stuff. And it's like yeah. one of those things that won't go away, mm-hmm. sadly. But yeah, seeing it portrayed, you're just like, oh, that's so rough. It is rough, but I definitely think, I mean, having that experience, like they always say, like, oh, this is going to teach you a lesson someday. It does make you see things from a different perspective, if that makes sense. It's sort of like, you know, it unites you with other people because it's like there's a lot of other people that have had tough experiences like that and other mm-hmm. things for different reasons. But it's like, I don't know, you learn from it, you become stronger, get thicker skin. Yeah. And it still hurts sometimes, but you kind of got to do what you got to do. Oh, yeah. And sadly, some people don't grow out of bullying, as I, I know. have learned. <laughs> I have met people who are of adult age, mm. especially that's 18 and older, who yeah. just, I don't know, they don't, they don't stop. It's like, okay, that's interesting. I know. I know. I'm sorry you have to deal with that, too. Oh yeah, I had a I had an unfortunate encounter recently, which actually had me like pause doing the podcast because it was oh. podcast related. So I noticed I was like, oh, I took a whole month of just like not doing anything with this because it just like really you got to take some time for yourself for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I did, and then I was like, all right, we're just gonna pause, regroup, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lick my wounds, and come back. <laughs> so I was like, oh wow! It's, well, I'm glad it's, you came back to it. I know. I was like, I'm glad. And then, well, the thing is, like, the picnic, too. It's like, there's so mm-hmm. many people. There's people you can talk to. So, And then, like, somebody who grew up in New York, New York City, and then moved away, and then, like, came back just for the summer. She was like, oh, you're Tara. I was like, yes. She's like, hey, you interviewed me for your podcast, like, a year ago. And I was like, oh, wow. I did? <laughs> so sad. So I was like, I forget that uh, people do connect through these mm-hmm. types of resources like, yeah it's amazing and then but the whole picnic like i i remember you were announced you and Lindsay were like yeah Lindsay? Oh my it is Lindsay. yeah okay you're good you're good okay you and Lindsay. it's like these are the newest members of the board here's all the people who are like leaving and i was like okay and i didn't talk to either of you at all i, I haven't <laughs> spoken to Lindsay. but then it was after the picnic was over mm-hmm. we all went to the after location after party yeah yeah after party <laughs> uh, it was just continuation well i guess it's where we were able to consume beverages yes alcohol um, uh, adult i mean adult, adult beverages. beverages yes that's why i actually talked to you and i was like oh hey what's up what adult beverage are you drinking <laughs> yeah what adult beverage are you drinking but I just thought that was kind of funny. It was like, oh, we actually connected after the event. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm glad I, I came to the after party, though. I know, because I think you you were like, I don't want to come. I don't want to come. Mm-hmm. But then somebody must have convinced you. And I also <laughs> yeah. was like, I'm not ready to go home quite yet. But then I also got like a ride home. So it was like, you know what? I'm glad I came too. They can be very, very convincing to continue socializing. But oh, it's yeah. it's good. It's good. Yeah, and I mean, I think afterwards, it was like 6 o'clock, and I was like, I'm out. I got that ride, I got home, but like, <laughs> I'm just going to sit. Yeah, that's a good night. That's a good night. It's a good night. It was a long day. It was, it was day. so long. Yeah, they they will go the whole time, but it's been a great oh, yeah. great community and resource, like you said, like a different way to um, connect, yeah. I think. Because, like, I, I guess to go more into my adoption journey. Yeah, I was just gonna ask. I'll go. I'll circle back around. Um, I definitely. Well, like I said, I experienced a lot of like bullying and stuff, and some identity stuff. And it was sort of like, uh, again, I think I've heard of a lot of like some different adoptees talk about this sort of like. Um, I know Laura was speaking about this, even like sort of resenting your Asianness. Mm-hmm. I definitely did for the longest time. It was like I stayed away from all adoption things. My mom wanted me to go to Chinese school. I didn't want to go to that. I was just kind of ashamed of being different, which is sad. Um, but in my in my small, pretty like homogenous town, I was not. I I didn't want to be different. And so then, even when I went to college, like I went to NYU, and I was like, wow, there's so many Asian people. There's so many different looking people. This is so cool. But even then, I still sort of like. It was a transition period where I was like, okay, I can be different, and it's cool. But also, 
I'm stuck in my old ways. How do I go there? And then it was like mm-hmm. after college where I was finally like, you know what, Abby, you're an adult now. Um, it's time to figure out all of this stuff out because you don't have a sheltered school environment anymore. Mm, um, yeah. And so I was like, I want to make more friends. Maybe I'll just try some things out. So I joined that field hockey league that I don't know if you know, Emily, one of the Emily's is in charge of. Um, and then I just went to my first AK event in September and it was oh. terrifying. I literally no, knew not a soul, not a soul. Mm-hmm. I saw it in that subtle Asian, subtle Asian adoptees Facebook group. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I think Willie or Mike had posted it and I reached out and was like, Hey, like I'm in the New York area. What is this? Mm-hmm. They're, they're super friendly and welcoming. So if anyone's in the New York area and wants to join New York, New Jersey, they're awesome. Yeah, showed up to a huge event. There was like 60 people, didn't know anyone. Went to more events. There was like 100 people, didn't know anyone. But now I'm on the board, so. There you go. There you go. I was like, what? I was like, new person on the board. Woo, I know, because I talked about it with Mike, who Mm -hmm. I think officially they conclude their term in July. I was okay. talking about it with Mike, and he's like, it's all, it's all, it's all fresh new blood. Like, everybody's <laughs> really in touch with their adoption, who's coming in. And I was yeah. Like, yeah, I think the, 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 they have more motivation to be really in touch with their adoption, which is awesome. Cause- yeah. Um, I think a lot of it, it's, it's interesting because I've had a lot of conversations with people who've been a- in AKA for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of, it's interesting because it is a transition of new blood because the Korean adoptees are starting to age out whereas us Chinese adoptees are kind of the next um, Mm -hmm. adoption group in aka at least and I think yeah um, I mean people are still like Korean adoptees of course but it's like you're seeing more Chinese adoptees which is like Mm -hmm. it all has to do with you know the like political like events and all of that kind of thing but it's cool because now our board they've been wanting for so long I've been told to have more members that are from different countries and so now we're majority Chinese, which is interesting. Yeah, Different, but cool. Yeah. So I'm, ex- I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I am. Oh, my gosh. I'm definitely one of the – I'm definitely a part of the older Chinese adoptees. Oh, I was going to say older in the group. I was like, you are not one of the not older Not older in the group. No, no. Not older in the group. I would say there's definitely people older than us because uh, it's, it's sort of like Korean adoption and Korean – government politics they now yeah. have government resources that are allocated to adoptees mm-hmm. to, to their birth family and stuff it's wonderful and there's more to it but for chinese adoptees i was like i don't know if we china, don't get that china's gonna i don't even know china would mm-hmm. get on with that either no they're ashamed of it still yeah. like it's it's a let's not discuss you know kind of thing yeah but we're we're getting to that we're now getting into the age of I mean I feel like 30s is really when I guess people or individuals we all really do become more connected with our existence yeah (laughs) I think in general in your 30s I've been told like that's that's when it happens Um, I mean I'm getting close to that yeah Tara I will be I mean I plan to be let me know how it goes yeah let me know how it goes Because exactly what you were saying, it was right after college where it was like, hey, I'm... Oh, you yeah, too. Because, yeah, because the structure of a school environment and everything, there's structure. There's like mm-hmm. ways you can make friends that way. But when you become, when you leave that environment, it is like, okay, so what do I do to, well, one, survive, but also like connect <laughs> with people? Because yeah. making friends when you leave college or any established control environment, it's like, it's it's harder it's It's scary yeah it's scary you have to put yourself out there a lot um that takes a lot of confidence and stuff you know oh yeah oh yeah so I was like hey that's I think New York City is a great place to go through that experience oh yeah yeah for sure so okay I was wondering how you found aka I think I I found aka I had a similar experience to you where it was like I think it was Willie who probably posted about it I think he was probably the one who posted mm-hmm. yeah it's funny though because he posted in some like subtle Asian adoptee dating group because I honestly joined wait group that group. exists yeah there's a I didn't know there was one for that dating group oh somebody gosh. must have put something up or whatever Willie commented like he's 28 mm. Korean adoptee 
And I messaged him. I was like, hey, you're 28 and you're an adoptee. Like, tell me more. <laughs> so that's how I connected to AK. He's like, hey, there's like this hike. You want to like go on a hike? And oh, I, nice. There was a hike back in October 2020. It was like the first in-person thing that anybody had gone to. And I, similar to you, I like come to this hike. It's like, I don't know anybody. And they're all like hugging each other and like yeah. catching up. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, uh, well, this is different. And I also hadn't really spoken to Korean adoptees before that, too. Yeah, I kind of dove right in and was like, wow, Korean adoption, tell me more. And like learning about that You had a similar experience. You just kind of got to like nosedive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize, I mean, we're in New York City. So obviously that's why I kind of like looked it up in this area. Because I was like, there has to be more international adoptees, Asian adoptees. Um, Because before then, I hadn't really that many I'd met like two Same. besides the I've stayed in touch with the girls who I call them my China sisters who I was adopted with oh yeah yeah so I know them but then it was like interesting enough my um adopted cousin like my cousin um married a Korean adoptee a man and he is not very in touch with the adoption stuff so I've never really spoken in depth at large with him I think it'd be interesting now because I'm older like when I when she first started dating him I was younger be interesting to speak to him about it. But then there was another girl, the only other girl I knew, besides my China sisters, who was adopted from China. She also, like, I grew up playing soccer with her, did not want to talk about it. Yeah. At all. Like, resented it even more than I did. Because I was curious. I just didn't love it about myself. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. Everyone has a different experience and outlook with it, which is yeah. very valid, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like depending where they are in their life because I mm-hmm. it's actually really funny. I recently went on dates, a couple dates. Oh, tell me more. I know. So you know, doing <laughs> that dating thing in New York yeah. City. Yeah. Uh it just so happens two people that I matched with and started chatting with. I was like, okay, let's meet. And then when we meet, it was like, Oh, I'm a Korean adoptee. Mm-hmm. And both both of them individually were like, Yeah, I'm not really into like learning more about my adoption it was like okay because i'm oh you went on dates with adopted people i went on dates with two I do- have never adoptees done that. i know it was new oh. it was very new was oh like, tara wow i was like okay this is different because <laughs> the past two years i've surrounded myself with people who are adoptees who mm-hmm. want to talk about it and are really yeah. in touch with it and then just going on dates with two adoptees who are like nah, i don't really talk about it i'm not really interested it's like okay mm. cool interesting yeah. Yeah, it's different. I mean, hey, we're adopted. Cool. That I would think that allows us to connect, but at the same time, not necessarily. Yeah, because I think a lot of people, and this is totally fair, like very closed off. I mean, because, I mean, we're all adopted, but we all have kind of different experiences. And like in general, we're all different personalities and different people. So it's like, mm-hmm. I'm very going on psychology on you. But it's just very, very interesting to me to observe how different people react to it, how they reacted then and now and throughout their yeah. life. And, like, how are they going to be in the future with it, you, you know? I mean, I hope people learn to embrace it to some degree. Yeah, because it's, like, it's a part Before, of who yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of so. like, it's, it's part of who you are. But it's not... very hard to accept. It is. It's a huge process. Yeah, it's, like, the whole cultural thing, but also the adoption thing. And then, so when you... When you applied for schools, mm-hmm. did you apply only to, like, really big schools? Well, I don't know how big NYU is, but I assume it's, it's pretty, pretty big. big. Yeah, I did. Um, Like, I think, I think NYU is, like, medium, medium, large. It was, it was kind of around there that I did. But I really wanted to go there, so that was, like, I did early decision there, and then oh. four or five other schools, but they were all kind of around the same size, I think. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel like New York, NYU is, I just think of Washington Square Park. Is that the right Yeah, okay. iconic. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was like, that's what I associate NYU with. <laughs> that That is what it is associated with, so okay. you are correct. Oh, so that means your younger brother is in school too. Is your younger brother in school? Yeah, he is no? in school. Um, so he, my family's a big Penn State family. That's where my parents met. Ah. Yeah, that's where my parents met. That's where a ton of my other relatives went. And so he's currently at Penn State, but he's he's just finished his junior year, but he's doing like a five-year program so he can get a master's and an, a bachelor's. And so he has two more years, but he's Whoa. two years younger than me. Yeah. What's what what is the field of study? What like classic, typical, like my dad and is doing accounting. Oh. 
Because I just, yeah, he's just, he's just doing that. Because he was like, ah, eh, dad does it. I was like, okay, oh, okay, go for it. Oh, that's, okay, that's really cute because my really good friend growing up, she lives, she lives at Penn State campus with her husband. They mm-hmm. met there. But her parents also met at Penn State and were yeah. like in meteorology. And then she went to Penn State for her doctorates, master's doctorates, and also did like meteorology. I was like, oh, this must be like a... Yeah, it is. It's real. It goes deep. It goes deep. Oh, I've been to some other football games. It is like Penn State culture. That is a thing. But I think he loves it. I'm really happy for him because I think it's like um, made him come out of his shell to experience some new things and just Mm -hmm. go somewhere else besides the town we grew up in. So I'm glad he's very happy and flourishing there. And it's good because now my parents get to go tailgating again. And I get to go sometimes too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if my friend went to any of the games or not. I think she said she went to one, mm-hmm. but wasn't like a big tailgate Penn State fan. I've visited her, though, the past couple of years. I have visited Happy Valley. Nice. And I was like, wow, this is, this is a college town. Did you get ice cream? I'm pretty sure. You had to have gone once. to the creamery. That's yeah, iconic. Yeah, the creamery. Her wedding, because her wedding was there, too. Uh, wow, that is, like, real Penn State culture right there. Oh, yeah, no. Her parents got married at a church near, on the campus, or by the campus. Mm-hmm. I think it's by the campus. Like, the church that her parents got married and she got married in, and it was, like, the photos were at the garden thing, majig. Uh, is it Botanical Garden? I don't even know what it is. I don't called. know. I don't know the campus super well. It's huge. Okay. It's literally it's huge. huge. My brother has yeah. to walk like 35 minutes to get to a class. Yeah, they it's have insane. buses to go across. Uh-huh. It's like, wow. It's huge. That's, that's different. Like, it's more than like, I had to commute here in the city to go to classes. True. True. Yeah. It's a, it's a different world, you know? Depending where you go to university, if you decide to go to university. Of course. Because I went to a university, you could walk across the campus in like 20 minutes. So. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was small. It was smaller. Different experiences. I think, um, well, because like I'll go to his tailgates and I'll be like, I usually go to one a season. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's my hit a tailgate and football game and I'm good to go for the, the year. But I definitely think like a campus school, I think it would have been good to make more friends. But I just think I would have felt more stuck again, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And it's like, I like being in the city because it's like, so many places you can go. I feel like it helped me mature a bit faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely think when I was looking for a university to go to, I was like, I wanted a place that was diverse, which is, I think, a big reason why I was drawn to a city too. That yeah. and the energy. Because I was sort of like so used to growing up. And nothing like against this, like in a negative, negative way. But like I was so used to growing up in white spaces that I was like, I don't feel like sticking out like a sore thumb anymore. Yeah. I want to be surrounded by people where I don't feel like minority, I guess. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense, but Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah. Stuff runs deep, you know? Stuff runs deep. Mm. I mean <laughs> I have to say dating is one way you really get to experience oh, other girl. people see in us. <laughs> oh girl. For sure. Wait, do you want to know an interesting test I have? I don't know if I told you this, but I talked about it. So it's like if I try not to bring up adoption on first date unless someone's mm-hmm. like pressing me about stuff and it's sort of like I feel like this is only gonna make sense if I explain a little bit which I hate that I like mm-hmm. feel like I have to explain but it's like I kind of feel like I've had to explain my situation my entire life you know what I mean yeah um so I'm just used to it at this point so I'm just like hey this is the story if they start asking me a million personal questions that are just really insensitive or just dive into it on a first date, I'm just like, hmm, that kind of says mm, something about yeah. you. I need to take a step back and be like, what do I think about this? Whereas, like, if someone just sort of is like, okay, that's cool, I might ask you, like, a simple question and are, like, kind of seeing how far you want to take the conversation, mm. I think that's really respectful. Yeah. And I really appreciate that because it's, like, it's something very sensitive and it's a difference. So it's sort of like, how do you deal with, with meeting someone different and more and like having different life situations than you because if yeah. you immediately jump into personal questions well what do you do to other people you know what I mean that's like yeah. do I want to be with someone like that mm-hmm. so that's my little test right there I don't know if you want to use it or not but it's I it's do in some way so yeah 
my philosophy, and I'll bring this up because I've been talking about it on every date too. Like, <laughs> yes, I want the philosophy. A fellow adoptee recommended this book called How to Not Die Alone by Lillian oh. Curry. Okay. And it goes into about relationships, online dating, but it also goes deeper. And I think it talks about statistics, but also a little bit of psychology too related to dating. Okay, I'll check it so out. It's a good read. It's a good read. Mm-hmm. And part of that whole experience of reading that book was like, all right, expand, one, expand your horizons or parameters. Like, don't limit to just this age group or this distance or whatever. Yeah, that's fair. But also, a couple things that were recommended. One was like, all right, try to not message back and forth too much on a on a interface. Like, try to meet Mm. up because if you don't meet up early on and you keep messaging back and forth, and then eventually you meet, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I wasted so much time messaging that person. I should have just met them, and I would have known immediately, hey, this isn't going to work. That's a good Um, point. I have to agree. That makes sense. That's a good one. Meeting people early on instead of messaging back and forth, I was like, oh, actually, yeah, I'm glad we're not (laughs) messaging anymore. (laughs) And then the other part of it, too, was it was like questions to ask yourself how they interacted. There's like I could send you the list of questions. Yeah, I would love to see it. So it was like, this is like a good set of questions to ask yourself after a date. Like, Mm. how did it make you feel? How did your body feel? What do you think? Do you want to learn more about this person? I was like, oh, this is helpful. Yeah, that's like something my therapist would ask me. 100%. I actually actually copied and pasted that, and I started sending it to my therapist. Because it's like, hey, therapist, I went on a date. Here's my evaluation. And she's like, wow, you really are like going into it. I was like, well, I want to be smart about it. It's helpful to reflect. Yeah. It's like, hey, therapist, which has also helped me be like, hey, maybe I don't want to go on another date with that Mm. person then. I I think that's that's a lesson I had to learn too, where it's like, just because someone likes you doesn't mean you have to like them and be kind to them. Like, not like be kind, like don't be horrible, but it's sort of like doesn't mean you have to like go with it and just be like, yeah, happy. And like, you can you know, don't just go for someone because they're showing you attention where it's like, I feel like that's how I've, how I've had a trouble with dating. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm yeah. just like, so I think I told you this, that I'm just so new to that world. And it's sort of like, it's such a learning process. You learn more about yourself and like people in general. Um, mm-hmm. It's so interesting to me. Oh, yeah. We should write a book about our dating experience oh, and yeah. adoptees. Because it's sort of like you have you have a lot of new – it's another layer because it's sort of like – not to go do psychology on you, but it's sort of like, you know, like the attachment style theory. Well, like we have an extra layer of this like our attachment is built on abandonment. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like if that's your foundation, how do you learn to come out of that and not fall into that mindset when you're creating – friendships when you're growing up with your family and forming that new attachment and sort of and dating like any relationship like that um, how do you build off of that not fall into it you know with somebody who I just mm-hmm. was like I settled into it it was like hey you like mm. me so I'm gonna settle into this it's now been officially like four months since I broke that off yes and I was like wow when you think about it that's like 
not that long. It's like 10 months of my life where I was like, oh, uh, well, no, six months where mm-hmm. I entertained this whole, let's date this person because they like me, but they're yeah. ready. And I was like, oh. And I'm sure, like, it's not just because we're adoptees, of course. That's not, like, prescriptive yeah, um, there's thing. There's more. There's other people that do that, too. But it's mm-hmm. sort of, like, that's part of this whole experience, like, learning not mm-hmm. to settle like that. And, yeah. like, how do you form a healthy attachment with Tough someone work. you do want to form that with? Um, yeah. It's, uh... Mm-hmm. I like how this podcast episode is just going to be about dating. Well, this is what we talked about a lot the last time. Feel free to circle back to adoption. I'm all here for what. It is your show. (laughs) You take the reins. I mean, people could learn from our dating experiences, but I had to laugh because I was like, uh, I was saying this whole like, hey, I'm not going to date people who are younger than 24. And I think. Never say never. Like you said, don't put yourself in a box, you know? I know. Like, ah, Tara, take those words back. (laughs) <laughs> hindsight's 2020 it's fine right do your thing take do something different you know mm-hmm. that's funny you say hindsight's 2020 i think that's a is this still hindsight's 2020 i knew <laughs> i think so right you know i could be wrong i get those little sayings like that messed up messed up like all the me time too, me too. I was like, so don't judge if i if i do that <laughs> Just based on the 2020 that we've had, I was like, huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You started a podcast during that. I started a podcast. Oh, um, I went I went home and we got a dog as a family. That's what Ooh. we did. Got a puppy. Um, it was kind of a really fun bonding experience, you know, because, like, we were, like, I was, we were, we're not really, like, all together as much anymore because we're in college and all. And I'm very close with my family. Um. And so it was fun. We got we got a little puppy, Franklin, and Aww. he was a menace. It like thank goodness the four of us were around because he needed eyes on him all the time. All the time. Oh yeah, puppies are all the time. They work. He was yeah. like I love him, but he was awful. Um, but he was so cute. <laughs> so that's what I did during the pandemic. Helped raise a dog. Oh, can go back backtrack to the to the adoption talk. Go for it. Do you, or have you been back to China, where you're from? Do you want to go back to where you're from? Um, so I have not been back. I really do want to go back, but it's sort of like, I didn't start having that desire to go back probably until like, <laughs> right before COVID. So, okay, yeah. so that's convenient, right? Um, yeah. Because it, like I said, like growing up, I just didn't want anything to do with it like I kind of had internalized like xenophobia almost which is awful Mm. but like I I acknowledge it and I've learned from it but so yeah we were gonna go we were planning a trip and literally that was the summer like the March like we were planning it in December around Christmas and my dad was like I don't know if we should do this like something's happening in China with this like this is kind of serious and it just like blew out of proportion of course so then we were like yeah on this um and then funny story i like genuinely thought he was like making it up and blowing it out of portion how sick people were getting I was like, this isn't that bad like mm. you just don't want us to go and he still makes fun of me for saying that but i was like he was like of course i want you to go but i was like no nah, nah. it was almost sort of like again that like flipped psychology of like you know trying yeah. to take that anger out on someone else so i do want to go back have not yet um because we keep being because i think they're like closed right now actually like I think the borders are closed like we were at the airport going yeah I went to vacation to Arizona recently and it said like do not go to China (laughs) or something like that like their borders are closed do not go there would love to go back I think it's tough because it's such a big country to figure out like where you want to go oh yeah it's huge because you know I want to see the Great Wall do some of the tourist things but then I also would love to see the rural parts and see like the area possibly where I was from because it's sort of like like anywhere when you go to a place you see the tourist spots the big spots but it's like you don't get to experience what people's lives are like so it's like I want to see that because it's going to be emotional of course but I want to see what would what could have been you know Mm -hmm. will be very emotional I'm very aware but um I think something I'm ready to do what yes. timing. So thank you for asking me. And yeah, COVID. Love it. Because I think Korea just opened up its borders. Yeah, so Joe had gone to a birth search and he met his birth mom. Um, oh, wow. He was telling me all about it. I'm like, oh, I wish. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's 
that is something I noticed common amongst Korean adoptees. Common, I should say, quote unquote. Yes. More, more common than Chinese. More, yes. I would say there's a lot of Korean adoptees I've spoken with who have had a reunion. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes I am just like, I almost rather not have a reunion when I hear mm. some of the stories because some of them are very sad. Like some of these stories yeah. are really sad. Yeah. And some of them are great. It is true. I've heard some very sad ones. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of it's just, I just have the desire to know. Like, even if it's, like, callous and horrible interaction, I just have this, like, curiosity that cannot be, like, fulfilled until I I do it. So I've been, like, um, I've just been so busy because, like, I moved apartments and then, like, the job stuff and figuring all that out. Mm -hmm. But I would love to do a more in-depth birth search. But like you said earlier, like it's harder when you're Chinese. Like I've done the 23andMe. I'm probably going to do Ancestry. But then beyond that, like you kind of have to get a private investigator type of person or someone who specializes in connecting families um, Mm -hmm. to birth families. And it's expensive. It is. Um, Oh, yeah. There's a business out there for it. And there's no guarantee too, of course. No guarantee. You could spend years searching and never find your birth parents. Yeah, there are definitely individuals in China who that is their livelihood is mm-hmm. helping adoptees connect if they can, obviously. So yes. it exists. It definitely exists. So maybe we'll see. Maybe. I mean, if they're going to be busy for a while because the policy for the number of children you can have was only lifted, what, 2015? Yeah, pretty recently that they, they they upped it to like three or something. Maybe they completely lifted it. I don't remember. I think they completely lifted it, actually. Oh. As of, maybe it was only a year ago, now that I'm thinking about it. Hmm. I feel like it was like... It was recent. Yeah, because they did the... They were like, you can have two children. You can have three children. Three. But if you, you pay an extra many. price. Yeah, or something. It was very complex. Have that. as many as you want. Yes. <laughs> but just so you know, this country is very full. <laughs> Is it full? Hmm. Oh, conspiracies. I mean, so I mean, what I hear and what I've seen, it's like, yep, there's too many boys and not enough girls. So how I do know. we make more? I know. Population? Like, well, it's really it's sad because it's like they're like, let's get rid of all the girls because the boys are more important to raise a family. Oh no, no girls to get pregnant. It is kind of sad. It is a little illogical, but. Here we are. It's like science. I know. Instead, stuff. Instead, we all go marry white men, black men, South whatever Asian men, we want, African men, whatever we want. But um, it it is really interesting to read up, and I want to read more on it. I have this. It's funny sitting right here. I have this paper I want to read <laughs> about it. This research paper just about the like the policy and like how it relates to um, adoption and all of this stuff um just there's there's so much more political stuff that goes into it beyond like the basics of like one kid therefore adoption you know like that kind of thing there's so much more around it um so i'd love to understand it more oh my gosh it's 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 a lot it's very it is a lot it's heavy and there's like so nuanced and stuff like that and it's hard to understand all of it but it's important to know. I'm curious. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a very curious person about this kind of stuff. All of a sudden, you know. Oh, yeah. It, it, I was always curious, but kind of blocked it, you know. Yeah. Shoved it in a box. And I think the more we spend time, I say we collectively, like as adoptees, mm. the more that we decide to engage and spend time with other adoptees, I think it's always just become more and more like, I'm curious to learn yeah. more. Yeah. Have you ever considered adopting? Nah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if I want to have kids. Yeah, that's a fair, that's a very fair point. uh, You know, if I want to have kids, I technically could in 10 years. Yeah. If I really wanted to, uh, but I don't know. 10 years is a long time. I got time to decide if I really want to. You have time. You can change your mind a thousand times. I Mm -hmm. don't have time until then. Yeah, I'm definitely present, present day. I'm like, eh, no, I'm okay. That's fair. I mean, yeah, we're young in New York, having we're fun. Young, we're New living it up. Yeah, I was like, this is the place to be right now for me. 
Yeah. I mean, I've thought about it. Like, like you said, there's so much, so many logistics, honestly, being a parent's terrifying. It sounds like I've thought about it. I don't know if I will or won't. I think I want to, but I'm not sure, you know, go back and forth. Yeah. I mean, like our, like going in, working in therapy right now related to family dynamics is like a big focus I have. It's already making me feel like, oh my gosh, like. Wait, you work in therapy? I didn't know that. Well, no, I'm, Did working, I know that? I'm working on myself in therapy. Oh, I was like, I didn't know you worked in mental health too. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm getting my mental health worked on. You know, that's what you need to do. I love that for you. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the way I present, some people might think I have some expertise. It's like, no, I just talk to a lot of people, mm-hmm. regurgitate what I hear from others <laughs> to other people. Uh, as someone called it social engineering it's like yes. oh I like that yeah we're engineers women in STEM yes women social, in STEM social engineer I'm a social engineer <laughs> you pull yes. it off well so that's what, this, that's what I do with this podcast it's what I do when I crash people's parties so <laughs> you're a good party engineer. crasher yeah, I was like, yeah. uh, at least I at least I take make the effort because the party that I crashed was like some run. Like oh, you party. actually crashed a party? I did actually <laughs> crash a party. It was really funny. It was like somebody I met the day before. We were connected through like different running groups. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm actually going to this like rooftop party in Manhattan. And I was like, rooftop party? I want to crash that party. <laughs> and he's like, well, it's actually... It's like it's someone's birthday. It's like, well, I'm not going to crash a birthday yeah. celebration. That seems kind of not cool. And then I think I got a message from that person an hour later. It's like, actually, you know this person whose birthday it is, so you're more than welcome to crash. Did I go crash that party? I sure did. Nice. Nice view. Rooftop. Like, come on. You can't not. If you're if someone's handing you that invitation, you take that invitation. You run with it. Yeah, it's like, how often do I get to go to a rooftop in Manhattan and get to see the beautiful skyline from a different angle? Not that often. Oh, I would take it. I would take it, it for sure. It was so worth it. It was so worth it. There's oh, another party I crashed where <laughs> oh it was free God. food. <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was Hope. Hope Johnson. Oh, I would crash any party where she was serving food. She wasn't serving food. So it was oh. like this... It was like this squash party, right? So I cracked. She's like, hey, you want to come to this squash party? There'll be like dinner and free food. And I was like, I'm there. So I crashed the squash party. But I made made the active effort of getting to know people and learning about squash. So I would talk about squash with one person. And then I would talk to the next person about what I learned from the previous Ooh, person. Oh, that is social engineering. engineering. Yeah. So by the that. end, I talked to somebody and I just was dropping terms and Ooh. Like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah, savvy. Like, yeah, and I was like, okay, I'm good at this. I'm gonna keep crashing parties and doing this trick. I want to crash. One, I'm gonna crash one of your rowing parties. I think I am. Ooh, I'll just let you know when we actually have. I'm one crashing. Of those. I'm gonna become. You can train me to be a social engineering party crasher. How about that? I will. Yeah. I mean, at least I can teach you stuff about rowing. And most of the oh, people that's there true. are in your age. You never know. So you never know. There's there's. <laughs> Half and half, girls and boys. So oh my gosh! <laughs> this is me being like, so let me. You're too to, much. Let me see if I can set anybody up. Here. I know you said you were like, uh, I want to be a matchmaker. I was like, okay. <laughs> I want one like one success story. Be like, I've that would be out. cool, wouldn't it? To wouldn't be able be to cool say, be like, yeah, like, like even I'm, like a couple that got married, like, oh yeah, like I helped introduce them. Exactly. I just want one. In my lifetime, I just want one. I'd be like, yeah, I helped this person. You know, they, I helped them meet once. Yeah, that hasn't happened to me yet. I haven't introduced no. even a couple that's broken up. So I have to work on my matchmaking skills. Oh, like you did introduce a couple? And they no, I, I haven't even. Oh, I haven't even okay. done that. So I have to. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I think I would be okay with that result too. Like if I introduced a couple and they dated for a little bit and then they broke up, I was like, okay, well, there's a You tried. Bit. I tried. Yeah. I personally was like, uh, you know, I just want one story where I could be like, yeah. I, I did that. I introduced them. <laughs> I was in the same room as those two people when they first met. I was there. I was there. It was actually at a party I crashed. I just, I no, that would be a perfect story because that's that your thing be. apparently. Party crashing. Party crashing. I know. I mean, I do it for free food and good views. So I, I feel like that's. My, no, that's 100% minimum. worth it. That's the perfect. Minimum. It's like free food, good views. Okay, okay. Yep. 
I love New York City. Life. That's how, how it is in New York City. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I there's definitely times where I'll just like be like I'll know one person. I'm just like with a ton of other people that I do not know. I did that once and I went to Hoboken with a friend. We were both like, why did we go here? Like it was her, me, her and her friends and this guy her friend was seeing and some of their, his guy friends. And it was raining <laughs> and it was not fun. <laughs> Awful. You had to take the path. So yeah, we did. So if you're party crashing, don't do it in Hoboken when it's raining. <laughs> Maybe yeah. do it somewhere else. I would say stick to stick to Manhattan, you know, the same philosophy I have with dating. Like, if I can get What's you that? by the MTA, like, if I can get you by subway, it's fine. Um, yeah, because technically, I mean, technically, if you can get to someone by subway, they could be further away from you than if you took the path. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it just feels different. It. Yeah, it feels different. If I have to do a transfer, a change systems, I don't know. But I would I would take the, the subway all the way to down south brooklyn as long as i can get there by subway i will say the path is very clean it is clean that's yeah. the thing the only public transit system that's cleaner than new york's well than the path would be probably the dc system is pretty clean it is i have seen that i've been taking lately do you take buses around here a lot oh i love the buses i love the bus literally i'm oh, obsessed with the bus okay so i never took the bus in college and then after college sort of like when things started getting like a little more rocky on the subway my friend got really into taking the bus so she taught me all of the bus tricks mm-hmm. I love the bus but I will say I feel safer there you know what I mean too yeah, because you technically do need to like pay and you can there's an easy escape route yep they stop so many places and it's above ground you get some views but also service like, yeah but also like that's a very good point ever since that like woman got pushed in Times Square and people are getting pushed like I'm just I'm a small woman I can't do that. Yeah. But yeah. I love oh, yeah. the bus. I love the bus too. I can't believe we haven't talked about this. I definitely nerd out about the bus system. <laughs> I do too. Oh man, like the M55, M5, 101. I love all those. Oh my gosh. All of the select so bus good. service across town. They're great. Technically, you can get on them without paying. You know. I don't do that. I wouldn't do that. I've done it a couple times. No. It's like you just get in the door and it's like, sometimes the thing You're admitting this to the public, Tara. I mean, I don't think I'll be fine for it now. (laughs) I haven't been on a select bus service that I haven't paid in like months. It's been at least seven months. Just to make the public know. Yeah. Seven months. Don't come after her. Seven months since I've had to get on the M23 select bus service where sometimes Mm -hmm. I just wouldn't pay. Oh. Yeah, but I do I do feel safer. I like it. Yeah, the buses. I I love the bus. I love the bus. It might just be the name of this episode. It's like I love the bus. I love the bus. Dating slash I love the bus. I love the bus. I'm surprised I haven't we haven't had this conversation in person because I genuinely I I I love the bus. We can nerd out. We'll nerd out some more. Yeah, I just my last note on the bus before I last ask my last question. Um During the pandemic, when I just mm-hmm. moved here in July 2020, they had made all the buses free for, like, <gasps> and first responders, by the way. So it was, like, July through wow. September, the buses were free. That's and so I only cool. found this out because I would be, like, running really far. And one day I was, like, in Brooklyn trying to run. And I was, like, oh, I can't get to my train. So let's get on the bus. <laughs> got a, I tried to get on the front, and the bus driver was, like, no, you got to go to the back. So I just go to the back. And I was, like, but I can't pay. And they're, like, it's free. I was like, excuse me? And that's how I really fell in love with the bus. Because I already liked the bus mm. before that. This is the B38, which goes from downtown Brooklyn all the way into Bushwick, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's how I learned. It was like little plug for the B, what is it, B38, you said? Yeah, B38. <laughs> uh, B is in Brooklyn. M is for Manhattan. Manhattan. For Queens. BX. I don't know all those. Not for bus? Or that. Oh. What is, yeah. Be. Yeah, well, actually, 19, I just learned I just learned something new because I always wondered why it was like M fifteen. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah, BX would be Bronx. Okay, yeah, because B Bronx Brooklyn. Because yeah. they have like BM, which is like Brooklyn Manhattan, you know. So and it's like bowel movement. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. If you're still listening, I think you learned a lot about the bus in New York City. Yep. If you ever come and have any questions, you can reach out to Abby or myself, mm-hmm. and we will help you with the bus system. 
if anybody actually takes us up on that, I would be so happy because I nerd out about the bus. Oh, me too. I love it. Okay, well, the last question. I know I was ready. I was. I've been thinking about this, Tara. Okay, you have. Okay. Yeah. Is there is there anything you'd like to hear from other adoptees or others who adoption has become a part of their life? Um, I guess for the adoptees, I would love to know um what it was like growing up, kind of like as a kid, and sort of how that was woven into you know, we're all coming of age and such as children. Well, not children, but you know what I mean? Like growing up and yeah. moving, like moving through that. How did that affect that for you? You know, and then I guess those affected by adoption, especially siblings. Like, what was it like seeing a sibling go through that? I'd be curious. Mm. Like go through their figuring out the adoption. What was it like for them being like, yeah, my siblings adopted. Like, how did you think about that? Because I don't know. I don't know how my brother thought about it or other biological siblings. I don't know. that is actually great because a part of this podcast i was hoping to talk to people who like know adoptees so i've had like really good friends on here and then i had like my old roommate and we kind of talked about adoption it was like well you obviously lived with like an adopted kid Mm -hmm. quote unquote for like three years and then we ended up talking about like his identity and i was like yeah yeah. It's really interesting. I would love to have my brothers, but we are in this current stage. Who knows? We're, we're not very close at all. So mm, it'd be interesting to like have my brother on here and be like, so yeah, tell me about growing up with the little sister from China. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll force my brother on like to come on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I love it. The two of you and just be like, oh my gosh. Miracle baby, how are you doing? Miracle baby. <laughs> Miracle accident baby. <laughs> I'm sure your brother would appreciate that, right? No. He'd probably just be like, what did you tell her? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, well, you'll have to listen to my episode and then. I'll make him listen to it. Don't worry. Oh, that's so sweet. It's really funny that we got so excited about the bus. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad we can bond about this. I know. Uh, and we're definitely going to have to hang out in human form. Of course. Of course. Now that the – actually, I think the rest of the summer is relatively more quiet now, which is so nice. It's we'll so... have to go crash some parties and ride the bus to the parties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, when when rowing has some sort of social event, I'll let you know. I'll be there. This was a lot of fun, and I'm so glad that your new computer was able to oh experience my gosh. this. I'm so bad with technology, too. <laughs> so bad. It. I love it. You're like, uh, my computer's too old for this. I am not a woman in STEM. <laughs> <laughs> Neither am I. I. Wasn't it STEAM now? Woman in STEM. What? Art is, a, art is a part of that now, too. I, th- I guess technically I'm a STEAM what? person. Okay, I never knew that. Yeah, they added an A, the arts. Oh. Science, technology. Engineering, engineering art, math, art. Yeah, they added A. Sometimes hmm. some people some people do STEAM. Okay, I can be a steamer. We're steams. Steams. I'm a steam. This is fun, and I wish you all the fun and the best being on the board. I hear that's Thank a you. good experience. And I'm definitely going to see you around. Of course <laughs> you are. Yes, we will hang for sure. Do not worry. Yeah. And so, oh, would you like to share your, do you have Instagram? Would you like to share your Instagram? An Instagram, I do. Abby Rusnak, or at Abby Rusnak underscore, so it's a-B-B-Y-R-U-S-N-A-K underscore. Oh, perfect. Okay, and then I always include that. And thank you for listening to ABC. If you would like to share your story or know anybody who would like to share their story, please contact me.